The Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by Reaper Apparel Company. Reaper Apparel offers a casual line of superb fit, finish, and comfort. We design for those who refuse to die slowly and choose to live untamed. For those who aren't afraid to face the dark, for the ones that thrive in it, and for those who can appreciate life through a grim lens. That's Reaper Apparel Company. Go to the link in the description of this episode, use the promo code Mike Bono, and get 10% off. Also, the Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by my own personal merch store, the Stupid Should Hurt merch store. I have hats, I have t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, water bottles, notebooks, you name it, I've got it. The description and the link for that will be in the description of this episode. Also, right now, if you use the promo code WELCOME, I will give you 5% off of your first purchase. That's the Stupid Should Hurt merch store. Also, the Rod Home Rants podcast is brought to you by Tactical Brotherhood. All-American-made apparel, which helps support the Second Amendment. You can also find all this in the description of this episode with the link, Tactical Brotherhood. Part of every proceed does go to helping veterans, as it is a very good cause. All American-made products made right here in Minnesota. Go and check them out. Use the promo code PATRIOT15 to get 15% off your purchase. Now, let's start the show. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Ride Home Rants podcast. This is, as always, your host, Mike Bono. I got a great show for us today, but first and foremost, the Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by Steve Sabo and his three books. That is Jester's Run, How to Fail at Stand-Up Comedy, and Kayla's Gone. You can find all three of these books on Amazon or at his website at stevesabo.com. If you type in the promo code Ride Home Ranch, you will get free shipping on these books. Once again, that's Jester's Run, How to Fail at Stand-Up Comedy, and Kayla's Gone. These are fantastic books. I've read How to Fail at Stand-Up Comedy from cover to cover uh, a couple times now. It is a great book. I am halfway through Jester's Run, and it is uh, it is a real page turn. This is coming from somebody who doesn't like to read that much, and I can't put these books down once I open them up. So, stevesabo.com, get your copies today. All that being said, I got a fantastic guest for us today. This man is a football player at Bethany College. He is finishing his degree there, and he is preparing for the NFL Draft. That's right, the NFL Draft. Please help me welcome Danny Gilbert Jr. to the show. Danny, thanks for coming on, man. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, not a problem. So, obviously, we're going to talk about you preparing for the draft and, and all that. But first and foremost, I mean, you, you played all through high school. So, what was it like? Take me through, you know, your high school ball. Did you have dreams of playing college ball? And, you know, how did you find your way to Bethany College? Well, when it comes... My my high school days was uh was how can I explain that? It was a bit rocky. Uh okay. and I say that because I took myself through a, a lot of shenanigans that I shouldn't have. Uh I ended up going to four different high schools. And then uh but I always knew that I was going to college. I just didn't know how I was gonna get there at the rate that I was going. Okay. So uh once I finally, you know, ended up going to college and everything, you know, it was kind of pretty uh 
it, it was it was easy, uh, you know, like settling down and just like really focusing in on like what I wanted to do and everything. But it was it was different coming from Miami to you know different different places because everything is so different, you know, from from Miami. So it's like you go from a fast paced city to somewhere else where everything is like slowed down. So you got to kind of adapt and adjust to your environment. So yeah, it was crazy. I could only imagine what it was like going from Miami, Florida to Bethany, West Virginia. Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> that's definitely going to be a culture shock, man. As somebody who was born and raised in West Virginia, I can tell you first and foremost, I can only imagine oh, what, that, what that was like when you first got to West Virginia. Whoa, okay. What was that like going from Florida to West Virginia? That I need to hear this story. Oh man, uh, different man, different. Uh, look at like the 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 mountains, uh, the weather. First of all, yeah. oh my god, around springtime, this. Oh my god, it was crazy. Um, I've never experienced anything cool like right now. What I'm experiencing when I left Miami, I, I went from. Nice, sunny, hot, you know, windy, and get up here to it's like, um, you know, it's really like kind of hard to breathe during camp, you know, because we so high up and everything. And it was just so different, man, like seeing so many different people, you know, from uh, different areas all, all across the world, across the country, you know what I'm saying? And looking at and like getting the chance to talk to some of the foreign exchange students. And you know stuff like that, and like hearing like what they went through and like learning their background and stuff. It was pretty cool, but it took me a long time to adapt to the cold weather because I remember being in the locker room, not wanting to come out to practice <laughs> at all. <laughs> so it was, yeah, man. It was a it was a real wake up call, you know, as an eight. It's well to get dangerous, so <laughs> bundle up. <laughs> I, I, you kind of beat me to it. I was going to say, how long did it take you to get used to the the winters up here in uh, in good old West Virginia and in the Ohio Valley? Because I grew up there. I grew up 20 minutes away from Bethany, so I know what the weather is like there. And this winter was a pretty pretty cold one for, for the most part. So, I mean, that had to be. I mean, were you – and when it became springtime and it started finally getting like into the sixties and seventies, were you one of those Florida people that still had your hoodie on and like was still yes. walking around campus? Yes. And yes. Did you? I, it would be. I was saying, did you made fun 60, of for that. Yes, a lot of people made fun of me for that. It would be sixty degrees, and I would still be dressed like it's thirty to forty. <laughs> I was not playing. <laughs> And now I'm like, oh, I'm like, I just need 65, please. Just give me 65. I'll be cool with that. Just get to the 60s. That's what, that's what we that's what we look for around this time of the year. 60s, you're going to be starting seeing some cutoffs and some shorts around yeah. here. This is that, yeah. That's our weather. And I ask that a lot because I have an aunt that now lives in Naples, Florida, and she's lived there for forever, as long as I can remember. And she used to come up around Thanksgiving and Christmas to be with all us. Well, that doesn't happen anymore because she just she's so acclimated to the Florida weather that she doesn't come up in the cold weather anymore. She'll come up in the summertime and when it's nice and warm here and everything like that. But 
I remember it, one summer she was up and it only got to like 70 degrees that day, which was, it's not bad. And she still mm-hmm. had on a little jacket and sweatpants and she was walking around the house. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, why, why are you so bundled up? She's like, it's, it's cold up here. I don't know. I was like, it's 70 degrees outside. Me and my dad were out working on our pool and then like, <laughs> Shirt, shirtless, George. She was like, I don't know how you guys stand it up here. I'm going back to Florida tomorrow. I'm, I was supposed to stay a week. This is, no, no, it's not going to be. <laughs> she was just, so I, <laughs> I get it to where she was like, it's just, yeah, it's a complete culture shock. And being up in the mountains there in West Virginia, as everyone calls it, not as flat as Florida is. How, no way. How long did that take you? Because, you know, being an athlete, Changing elevations has always been, you know, a struggle for most athletes. Like, Ryan Clark couldn't even go and play in Colorado because he had a medical condition, couldn't handle the altitude change. How long did it take you to adapt to West Virginia altitude and, and playing up there in West Virginia? I can honestly say it probably took me about a couple months. We were, because camp started, when I first got here, camp started. Camp started in, I believe, uh, August like the second week of August. And then by the third game, somewhere in September, I probably got, I'll probably signed a one month to it. Uh, Cause it was just so different, man. Like we would be out there running and the heat is very different from Miami. It is so different. Like, Oh my God. And so like, like it was kind of, you know, hard to breathe at first, you know, and then, Oh, just, just kind of like got a, you know, fight it out, I guess you could say, you know, just, you know, hey, you know, that's what we came up here for. You know, this you know, is what we signed up for, so let's get to it. You Absolutely. know, so, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I, as someone who travels a, a good bit for, for what I do, you know, being a comedian, I understand, you know, altitude. You don't think, like, oh, I'm going to this place. It's, it's a little bit higher up in the mountains. I'll be all right. But, no, like, as I... I, I traveled all over the Midwest and I had one show back when I was first starting and it was way up there and I didn't even realize, but it was yeah. outside. That was the, that yeah. was the worst part. It was, it was like some festival. And for those, I used to just be a maniac when I first started. I'd run to the stage because they were like, all right, you got like five, ten minutes to do your jokes. And I, I tell long stories. So that's one joke for me, essentially. So I was like, I got to get on stage because my walk up to the stage actually counted towards my time. So I would run up to the stage and <laughs> try, try to keep oh, and, get, and get as much time on stage as I can. And then getting up there is like, oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's harder to breathe up here. I, I thought I was used to this. I, I'm going oh, to need more time. I'm not going to be able to get through this. <laughs> And I mean, oh, we're not man. in the best shape as comedians. I I I, I got to tell you, man. I, I I used to be an athlete. I was a swimmer, so I I, right. used, I used to be in shape. And I don't know, man. I hit thirty, and that check engine light came on, man. And it, it it's really done a number on me to where I'm just not in the shape that I used to be. Like it's it's insane to me. How, yeah. So I know we we just talked to him. He was on last week's show. Uh, one of your former coaches, Bill Garvey. So, how was it playing for Coach Garvey, and did he have a more strenuous training regimen for you specifically to get you acclimated a little bit better from coming from Florida to to West Virginia? 
Well, I honestly believe when uh, Coach Garvey recruited me, uh, you know, he was just uh, went when he called me because I entered the transfer portal, and uh, that's how he found me. So, um, you know, he told me he was just looking for, you know, some experienced guys, you know, and uh, you know, secondary wise, you know, to help the team out, you know, help out the defense a little bit more. So. At first, I'm like West Virginia. I don't know about that. I, ain't, you know, <laughs> you know, because at the time I'm I'm still in Miami, and I'm like West Virginia. I don't really know. I don't really too much know about that. I don't. And then you know, uh, crunch time came around, so you know, I just kind of had to get everything in order. And um, you know, when I finally came up here, you know, uh, me and Coach Garvey and Coach uh, Dave Warner was uh, here now, the defensive coordinator. You know, we had a lot of conversations about, uh, you know making it to the, you know, NFL and things like that and uh, getting me ready. And Coach, Coach Garvey's biggest thing, he was more so focused on the growing of becoming a, becoming a better man, you know, and then we're about the athlete side first. You know, just, you know, just um, working on, you know, uh, my personality and, you know, being, being, being more accountable, you know, for – uh, yourself and your actions and, and everything like that, you know, just really being the stand-up guy. And um, and I applaud him for that, um, you know, because that was his uh, biggest thing that he was more so focused on. And then everything else just kind of fell into place, you know, after, after that. So, yeah, like he was just more so just, you know, because um, his, his his favorite thing to say was perception is 99.9% reality. So, and, you know, we, you know, he, he'd always preached that and preached that. And then, you know, fast forward now to today, you know, you know, you know, I can say he, he, he's played a major role in, um, you know, me becoming a better man and a uh, better athlete, you know, him and Coach Arnold. We'll be back after a quick break. Big labia energy. What if I eat a little cheese every day? <laughs> Just keep it. It's like I have a tolerance. Yeah, for cheese. Good Same job with cats. Your tolerance. Like if I pet a cat every day for the first week or two. I thought you were going to say if I eat a cat a little bit every day. <laughs> started at the tail I mean, and just ate a little bit. Then I'd be fine. But if I didn't eat a cat for three months. I would totally start at the face. Why yeah. would you start at the tail? If someone put a gun to my head and said, eat this cat. I'm trying to think of we're an acceptable scenario. We're talking about a feline. Right? <laughs> oh, did you think I was talking about pussy? Maybe. It could go there. I don't want to eat a cat. I want to eat a pussy. <laughs> That, that's great. And that's the vibe I've got from Coach Garvey. Um, I, I obviously knew him. I, I, I was a student at Bethany, too. I was an athlete there, too, as well. And I told this on you know last week's show, and I asked him if he remembered it, and he didn't. Uh, but I remember it was just me and a bunch of people. We were just kind of hanging out, tossing a football around out uh, in the middle of Bethany, up uh, uh, by Campbell Village. You don't if you know you know where that is. We were just out there, and yes, he sir. just happened to be coming by. And I was I was launching the ball. It was probably a good thirty, forty yards down, all arm, just kind of throwing it. Just I hadn't done it since high school, and I played receiver in high school. And he came up to me, he goes, "Hey, man, you got a hell of an arm. Do you ever think about playing college football?" I was like, "Man, I'm on a <laughs> swimming scholarship here. I would love to play college football, but." It is not in the cards for me. I am not screwing up that scholarship. No way. 
but he's always Ooh. recruiting. And, and, you know, he even said, Ooh. oh, so you're an athlete already, you know, and he kind of gave me that, you know what, keep your mind right and everything else will fall into place. You know, if swimming doesn't work out, I'll, I'll take you on the football team. We'll keep a scholarship here one way or another for you. <laughs> he was right, he was always right. trying to recruit. So did he have that same energy with you when he was recruiting you? Absolutely. He was sending text messages every day um, or every other day or anytime he was free. You know, anytime he had free time, he'll just shoot me a quick text or call me, you know, ask me how my recruiting process is going, ask me if I had anything lined up or, you know, or we'll just talk about um, life, you know, just like out, outside of football. I think uh, when it came to recruiting, he was he was always focused on, you know, how are, how are you doing mentally, you know? As far as, um, you know, like, what are you doing every day? You know, like, uh, what are your surroundings? You know, because, you know, you get out with dogs, you get out with fleas, you know, that was his big thing. So, you know, so, you know, and honestly, I appreciate him for that because he was always, you know, making sure I was, like, keeping me, you know, level-headed. And, you know, you, just, you say you want to go to the NFL, but you're not going to get there by doing this or hanging with this or hanging with that. And I was like... Okay, you're right. Yeah. And then, you know, you know, he would always, you know, uh, challenge yourself to do it better. You know, like anything that we did individually or as a team, he would always challenge us to do it better. You know, so if you had a good day of practice tomorrow, have a better day than you did yesterday or be a better you than you were yesterday or 10 minutes ago. So, yeah. So that was his thing. Uh, that's awesome. But you were also coached by one other guy that I have to bring up now that he's the wonderful manager of the podcast, Johnny Finney oh, Falcone. <laughs> what was it like being oh, coached man. by Fitty? And I know you have to have a good Fitty story. And I got to tell you, my <laughs> listeners love a good Fitty story. So I need to hear a good Fitty story oh, before man. we move on. Man, Coach Falcone was always fired up always his energy level is always on 10 breaking the meter his energy level always breaking the meter but funny thing though he's the only, he was the only coach on the staff during the game that can understand what I was saying like he was the only coach that could he would tell you he would tell you cause he said he said why am I the only one who understands Gilbert when he's talking on the sideline <laughs> like the very when I in 2019, the first game we played was against your Sinus University. It, it's a uh, Division three school in uh, Philadelphia who was pretty good at the time. And um, Coach Falcone was getting the kickoff team together. And um, there was a there was another coach there who uh, goes by the name of Coach Brown. And he was like, "Gilbert, you ready?" You know, and I goes, "Man, you already know. I'm already right here." He was like. What did he say? And, and, and Coach Falcone standing there, he was like, oh, man, he just said that he's ready to go. You don't need to call this name anymore. And it was, it was so funny. It was so funny. And Coach Falcone took real pride in that, knowing that he was the only coach who could understand anything that I said. So it was, man, I love Coach Falcone. He always had positive energy. Uh, just a really great guy. You know, he, he, he always want other people to do well. And he's a, he, he, he talks real good smack, too. A lot of people might not know, but he talked real good smack. We we be on the sideline and somebody make a good play or a good tackle, and he's all talking smack to the other player. He's like, "Yeah, all day, buddy, all day, yeah, yeah, get some." I'm just like, "Oh, I love this new energy, man. I love it." 
Dude, uh, you're spot on. Like, the dude's the Energizer Bunny. He doesn't stop from the moment <laughs> his eyes open to the moment he shuts them. That dude is going 152 miles an hour, right. pedal to the metal all the way. <laughs> he, he's he been helping me out with this podcast, like, for, we're on season two now. And, you know, he came on pretty much from the beginning. Like, I was a month in just doing it by myself the, for the new listeners out there. The show started with me driving home from my day job in my truck, literally just venting, ranting about my day, hence the ride home rants. And he was like, hey, why don't you get some guests on and maybe grow, grow, you know, that way. And we'll try that and we'll do this. And I, I, I know a couple people. I, I can I can get a couple people lined up. Well, that was pretty much almost over a year ago. That was over a year ago since he's been on now. Actually, we had his, his year episode back in February. So, you know, we're in April now. And he has had a guest every single week. And there's some of them, I'm like, dude, how do you know so and so, like, how do how do you know this person? I need I need to know. He got <laughs> former middleweight champion of the world Kelly Pavlik on the show. How he knew him, I I I don't know. He said he claims he ran into him in a bar. It was like, hey, I manage a podcast. You want to be on it? And he was just like, yeah, cool, let's do it. Like, I wouldn't have the the guts to go up to somebody like that a former middleweight right. boxing champion of the world i'm not like right. i i like to think i have confidence i don't have fitty confidence that's what i don't <laughs> have like i <laughs> he he sent me he was so pumped when we were talking to coach garvey because he loves coach garvey he's been talking real highly of you too as well we're going to get into that here but he sent me the outline for coach garvey's episode he texted over to me the day of the show it was at ten till six in the morning, and he had had I had had already had six texts from Fiddy about the show and everything that was going on. My eyes weren't even open yet, and this man had already made an outline for the episode. He had already been to the gym, and I'm like, dude, I, whoo, I mean, I'm up by six a.m. every day, but right. I, I I got a routine. I got to get my coffee before I talk to anybody. Like that's, <laughs> that's, wow. that's that's he's just always going. And during Coach Garvey's episode, like he was still texting me, like, "Hey, how's it going with Garvey? Everything cool with Garvey? We still good? You know, every, how's how's it going?" I was like, "Dude, we're on episode <laughs> seventy five of the show. I, I'm I got I got a rhythm now. I I know what I'm doing right, with right. the show, bro." <laughs> but I, I I wish I could bottle his energy and make that an energy drink. That would be phenomenal for everybody to have that type of energy. Could you imagine if oh, people cool. had, that, had that kind of energy all the time? Wow. wow. He's, he's always going 100 miles an hour, and it's it's great. And you're right. He talks a lot of smack. He does. Yes, I, he do. He would talk. He probably doesn't remember this, but he would talk smack to me when we would meet up at the wreck. Because he would be there training for football, and I'd be walking in for swimming, and he would talk smack about swimmers, and you know, I would talk smack back to him about football. <laughs> and one of the, I can't remember the guy's name. I can't even remember who it was, but he was with Fitty. He was always with Fitty. Said, "Oh yeah." You're talking to that Bono cat. He plays that sissy sport. He swims, and you know. And I was like, "Sissy sport, That's huh?" Cool I was like, That's "All right." Cool so 
how about I put you through one of my workouts and we'll see how sissy of a sport it is. And Johnny turns to this guy and was like, yeah, you want to run your mouth? Listen to what Bono says. You want to take him up on it? So I put this guy through one of the swimming workouts that we have. And I had already done this earlier in the day. And I was going back and Coach McGowan was there at the time. And he saw me. He goes, hey, Mike, what are you doing? I was like, Thinks he can hang on a, uh, a swim workout. I'm going to do it with him. He goes, you did it already. He's like, I mean, he's only going to make me better from doing a second workout throughout the day. I mean, I'm, right. I'm not I'm not worried about a coach. I got it. We, right. we got through the warm-up, and he looked at me. He goes, oh, man, that was intense. I was like, intense? That's the warm-up, bro. That's to get you ready for what we're about to do. Like, you don't even <laughs> know. <laughs> So, oh my God! I, I got such joy in seeing this guy limping around campus the next day because his muscles were sore. He was using muscles he didn't know he had and needed to use that you use during swimming. And he was like, "I don't know how you do this every day, man. Like that's insane." I was like, "And I did it twice that day, and I still spanked you in the pool, and you you talking all this smack." <laughs> And Coach, man, Coach Sean Cody is crazy. I remember one day in practice, uh, we were doing one-on-ones against the receivers, and I was just out that gap of that. The box Coach Sean Cody just looks at me for a good minute. And I was like, Coach, you must like what you see. You keep looking at me. He goes, give it out, knock your helmet off, kick it, and make you pick it back off again. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> man, Coach. Man, I love Coach Valcuni, man. That's my guy. Yeah, he, he's talked real highly of you. I'll, I'll tell you that much. I mean, we—he's been—he's been amping me up for this interview. I'm, I'm going to tell you, like, I, I was—I was way more excited than I think he was as to how he was talking about you. Now, you're back at Bethany right now. You are finishing your uh, degree, but yes, you're also preparing for the NFL draft. So, how do you balance? going to school still to finish your degree mm-hmm. and preparing for the NFL draft? Well, right now, everything is, uh, you know, more so on me always, you know, and uh, just like uh, balancing everything, that's like, I don't want to say it's pretty easy, but it's like, yeah, it's pretty easy because I just, <laughs> I just look at it as nothing is ever that hard. It just, the it's it, it just feeling like if we really want to do it or not. You know, and then, you know, sometimes we do everything day after day over and over and, you know, and, and, it, and it gets tired and it's just like, I'll maybe I'll take a break today, you know, and stuff like that. So right now I feel like I'm in a position where I can't afford to take a break, you know, being a, being a uh, division three athlete, you know, and things of that nature, it's, it, it's very little respect that goes into, you know, the game of football when you're preparing for the next level. So it's, it's, it's just me knowing you know, uh, how far I came and how far I got to go, you know, that allows me to keep going and everything. Um, you know, school and classes are always there, you know. Um, so I just do everything around the times I get out of class, you know, and everything like that as far as uh, the nutrition goes with the, with the cafeteria. Yeah, very good food, by the way. You know, um, so, yeah, so I just do everything, you know, based off my um Based off my class schedule and my meetings with my professors, everything like that, they also work with me with uh, everything. So it was pretty cool. So it, 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 it's going good, actually. So <clears throat> take me through your training regimen for the NFL draft. I, I know it's after classes and everything like that. So 
what are you doing right now to prepare, you know, and take me through your workouts? So right now, okay, so last week, Tuesday, I just had a pro day at uh, Shepherd University. And uh, the numbers I put up was pretty cool and, you know, things of that nature. Um, so now, after my classes, right, I would, you know, go to the field, uh, do some speed work, um, you know, push legs, um, really uh, warm up my muscles for real because I know I'm about to go crazy, uh, you know, because the workouts are uh, – different you know they're they're just more up tempo you know and it's more just basically focused on the mobility and the speed side you know so now i'm just uh so i would go to the field after class um push a couple sleds uh run a run a couple 10 20s i wouldn't even probably i wouldn't even do position drill because i was more so focused on speed you know, running a good 40 at, at the pro day because nowadays that's all that matters, the 40 time. So I would uh, train for the 40, and after the 40, I would hit the weight room, you know, work on my legs more than anything um, and things of that nature. So, and then after that, it would be cafeteria. And then I'll be stretching, you know, at night, make sure I'm drinking a lot of water, uh, taking all the good supplements and, and, and everything. So, yeah, that's pretty much about it. But around... I want to say January 1st, I was at uh, Bummerito's, uh, it was Bummerito's performance facility down in uh, Dayton, Florida. And I was down there training with uh, some of the big name guys who's, who, was, who was also a part of the draft and also taking classes online. So we'll, so we'll probably have, you know, we'll get up at uh, early in the morning, be to the facility by nine o'clock, eat breakfast. And, and everything like we'll have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oatmeal, no sugars. So it just be oatmeal and banana. And probably put some maple syrup on it. Try to sweeten it up just a little bit. And um, and then like we'll just you know kind of roll into our day. You know, as uh you know having uh like just going into a PT. You know, uh, physical therapy. Just making sure every everybody body is uh ready for a heavy workload that we would normally do every day. And basically we were doing the same thing uh, at the facility that I'm doing here, just a little more up-tempo and more intense um, because it's just more, because it's more than you that's actually working out, you know? So it'd be, you know, as we'll be pushing sleds um, and we'll be doing uh, over speed, you know, just running, 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 going, going through the mechanics and then we'll get back to the facility and then you'll maybe have a, uh, then you'll maybe have a massage plan, which will always be a good part because you kind of get to relax doing a massage and you just got done using those muscles. So, yeah, so that was pretty sweet. And then um, and then after the massage, you'll have lunch. And after lunch, you'll have a weight room. You know, so everything was like uh, focused on developing you more as an athlete to be more explosive, you know, and... Yeah, pretty much to be more, more explosive than you were when you came in. <clears throat> that's that's great. So, you know, you're, you're prepared for this, but what do you see for you know what's next for football? You know, the draft when we get up the draft coming up, obviously that's mm-hmm. next. Well, after the draft, what do you see is next for football and a potential life after football? We'll be back after a quick break. 
I'm comedian David Race in Los Angeles. I host a celebrity-filled paranormal talk show like no other. Monstrosity has great guests answering weird questions. You won't believe the combo of celebrities and paranormal experts who've been on this show. I guarantee you'll like Monstrosity, or you get your time back. Go to monstrositypodcast.com right now and take a look. I, me, I'm most definitely um, going to coaching. Uh, I feel like my energy alone would be great for, you know, coaching. And, uh, like, I just feel like coaching is about impacting someone's life for the better. You know, I feel like that's what coaching is all about. And I believe that's why we, you know, play, play these sports because it also helps us get through life. You know, and I, I believe that's why well, a lot of people do what they do because whatever they do helps them get through their lives. You know, just like you, you, you know, you're a comedian, you know, and that yep. helps, you know, telling jokes, making people laugh and you laughing helps you, you know, get through life. And people love laughing, you know. So, and like I know um, uh, laughter helps a lot of people, you know, and just like watching sports may be there. Uh, Therapeutic to the, to the next person, you know, just like playing, just like playing, playing the sport is. But I most definitely say, uh, coaching football, you know, um, really like helping the even even if I'm coaching at a college level or high school level, just you know helping someone, you know, with uh their you know livelihood and just helping them understand, you know, that football is a game that can really help you get through life because there's a lot of tools in uh, this game of football as far as, you know, holding yourself accountable, holding the people around you accountable. You know, always been a stand-up guy, you know, because in football, somebody may hit you and they and they may not get caught, but you may hit them back and you don't want to get caught and the ref sees it, you know, and that's a flare right there, you know, and that's, <laughs> and I, you, know, I, you know, I believe... Uh, that's a life lesson that a lot of people can learn from, you know? One who retaliates always gets caught. I was notorious when I played high school ball for getting caught. <laughs> I just, I was a receiver. Oh, I, I, I talked a lot of smack on the field when I was on the field. I didn't get oh, a lot man. of playing time, but, you know, there a couple quick stories, and then I got to get this segment in because if I don't, Fitty's going to kill me. Um, but I remember it was a big rival game that I was playing in high school and I'm six foot five. So I'm, I'm a pretty tall guy for, for where I grew up, but I was right. only 155 pounds in, in high school. So I wasn't like the biggest guy in the world, but, uh, they had a play design basically for me because at the time there was nobody in our division and that we played that was over like mm, five, nine, so when okay. we got inside the 20, they were like, we're just sending Bono to the corner of the end zone and just having him jump up and trying to catch the ball. Well, this this DB was just in my face. This team played press man coverage the entire game. Their corners were in your face. They pressed you off the line the entire game. It was a physical game, and this hey. dude was chirping at me the whole game. I chirped back, and he was like, man, you ain't caught a ball yet over me. You ain't getting nothing on me. I was like, all right, bet. And I knew the play was coming. I knew the play was for me. Fade route right to the back end corner of the end zone. 
I jumped up. I caught the ball. He raked both my arms, but I was able to palm the ball in one hand. Landed. Oh, he fell at my feet in the Ooh. end zone, and I was still standing up. I dropped the ball on him, stepped over him, and said, maybe you should watch your mouth. And I, I had started jogging off the field, and then I heard the flag, and they were... <laughs> Unsportsmanlike conduct for taunting because he was talking smack the whole game. They didn't hear him talking smack. They heard me talk oh, back man. to him, and I was like, mm, nah, I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna lose some playing time oh, over that one. That one's gonna cost me tomorrow practice." Uh, but <laughs> oh yeah. man, so it, it it's true. But it was it was one of those things that you know you can't can't help but you know you get into the heat of battle and the heat of the game. I mean, I. I talk smack on the field. I'm sure, I'm sure you have too, but you got to know yes, when sir. to do it. And it, that, that's a good life lesson is, you know, take a little bit, but know when to give it back. And, right. But it was like you were saying too as well, you know, me being a comedian and everything like that. I love making people laugh. Like that's that's sure. just something that, you know, brings me joy. And there's times when, you know, I, I've done a lot of crappy shows, you know, in bars where there's two people there and it's just me up there trying to tell jokes to two people. You know, it's it it gets a little discouraging doing those types of shows, but it's part of the business and everything like that. Well, I was doing a smaller show. I saw a group of people walk in right before I was about to hit the stage and I could just tell like they all kind of had that scowl on their face. Like they just had the worst day of their life. They didn't want to talk to nobody. They wanted to go to the bar, get a drink and just be left alone. Well, I get up on stage and I start my set and they had their back to me the whole time because they were just sitting at the bar. And me being a comedian, I decided to point them out and bring them into the show and we started heckling back and forth at each other, and they were laughing the whole time. So I could tell they were their, their spirits were lifting and everything like that. And finished my set, I get off stage, and the show ends. And I'm sitting there talking to one of the other comedians, and I feel a tap on my shoulder. Turn around, and it's the it's this group of people. One of them came up, and they shook my hand. They said, "You know what? We had the absolute worst day of our life today. Like." We were ready to just drink ourselves into oblivion and just hearing your set and hearing the laughter that you brought into us changed our whole outlook on the entire day. We really needed this today. Thank you. I was like, ah, I don't get that a lot after I heckle back to people. Like when I, when I get heckler and I, I start talking smack to right. people. But, you know, it it's moments like that when you hear an audience member come up and say, hey, I needed that. I needed that laugh today. I needed I needed that. It, it made my whole day better. And that's what keeps me going in comedy. I've been doing it nine years now. I'm, I'll be I'm coming up on um, my nine-year anniversary here at the, at the end of this year. And, you know, it's... Uh-oh, there we go. It, it's fun. I love I love comedy. I love making people laugh. I, I, still, I still work a day job, and people all day, hey... Comedian, tell us a joke. Hey, tell us a joke. Tell us a joke. And I'm just like, hey, buy a ticket to my show. Buy a ticket to my show. And I'll tell you. <laughs> like, so. But it, it, it's fun. And, you know, it's it's something that I like to do and I'm passionate about. And I love it. And I can tell you're passionate about football. But I got to get this segment in because we are running down near the end of the show. Uh, this is from the wonderful manager of the podcast. You know him as Coach Falcone. Everybody else knows him as Johnny Fitty Falcone, and it is the Fast <laughs> Fitty Five. Five random questions from the wonderful manager of the podcast, and I got to tell you, Danny, 
<laughs> Not a lot of these have anything to do with what we've been talking about the entire time. You know, Fiddy, <laughs> you, you know how random these can be. And for the new listeners out there who don't know about this segment, Johnny sent me these about 10 minutes before we started recording. So I don't even get to oh, read these man. until it is showtime. So if you are ready, this oh, is going to be kind of rapid fire, but you can elaborate because some of these are going to need a little bit of an elaboration. So if you're ready, let's okay. go. I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Question number one. Which is better, orange juice or apple juice? Apple juice. All right. Which would you rather be, a professional WWE wrestler or a famous singer? WWE wrestler. I mean, you're an athlete. I figured that was going to be the answer to that one. I don't know why he's asking an athlete this question, but question number three. Is Wendy's or Burger King a better fast food restaurant? It's all about McDonald's. What's wrong with him? <laughs> 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 oh, man. Oh, man. Oh. Whew. All right. <laughs> just not neither of them. It's just <laughs> I, that's the best answer on this segment so far, by the way. I'm just going to get that in there. Question number four. What is your favorite thing about Bethany that isn't related to sports? Everything about Bethany that isn't related to sports. I would most definitely say uh, uh, the dorm rooms. Yeah, the get your own room in right. Campbell Village. All right. I did not expect that one, but all right. That's <laughs> all right. Last question. Better day to take a nap, Saturday or Sunday? Sunday. Let's go. Rest day. Rest day. Absolutely. I'm going to tell you, that was the Fast 55. And I got to tell you, between you and Garvey, he gave y'all like that slow change up right down the middle of the plate with these questions and like was just made it too easy for you guys. You know what I mean? Like he's had some, he's had some rough questions come up and like it's, he for the longest time, he had this weird thing where every question had to deal with some type of animal. Like it was, it just, oh my god, Coach Falcone. He he asked one guy. I can't even. It was it was one of my uh, comic buddies that came on and he asked him, "Who would he rather be, Big Bird or Larry Bird?" Like I just just that type of random question. Uh, he, so these were pretty mild for for old Fitty. Oh man, I gotta, I gotta ask him when he come up with these questions, man. Dude, I've been asking him, and he's like, "Dude, it's just what I think of." I don't, I don't know. I was like, "Dude, <laughs> seriously, where, where did the, where did these oh, questions man. come from?" And I know, right? It's just straight from the mind of Johnny. But like I said, we are running down near the end of the episode, Danny. I give every guest this opportunity during the show. I'm going to give you about a minute. The floor is yours. If you have a good message out there, you want to talk to any of the <clears throat> NFL scouts and when we're drafting you on draft day, anything, a good message for anybody, the floor is yours, my man. I mean, the only thing that I say is um, most importantly, uh, make sure you're taking care of your mental health. Man. I always keep y'all first. That's, that's, that's probably about the only thing I, I can say right now. The only right thing I can say. You know, because that's what helped me. <laughs> you know, that's what helped me. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we end up going through certain things in life and you just forget. You know, you know our, our, our purpose. And, you know, uh, sometimes I think the things that we go through uh, forces us to forget. 
certain things and why we start and why we do what we do. So I most definitely say uh, take care of your mental health and only keep the opposite of what you do. Oh, man, I got to tell you, I love it when guests give a message like that to end the show because, you know, that's what it's all about is, you know, just a good message. And I, I love it. I love that's what you went with the mental health and everything like that. And that was a perfect way for us to end this episode. Danny, I want to thank you for coming on. I am really, really pulling for you in the NFL draft. I typically don't watch the draft. I'm watching every day of the draft, man. I'm going to let you know now I am watching every single day, every minute. I don't care what I got to do. If my man Danny Gilbert Jr.'s name doesn't get called on draft day, I'm calling a ride to the NFL. This man needs to be playing in the NFL because he was on the Ride Home Rants podcast. But that's going to do it for us here at the Ride Home Rants podcast. Again, Danny, thank you. As always, if you like the show, be a friend, tell a friend. If you didn't like it, tell them anyways that somebody else that might like it just because you didn't. That's going to do it for me, and I will see y'all next week. The Ride Home Rants Podcast is brought to you by Dubby Energy. Energy drinks made for gamers, streamers, and podcasters alike. For gamers, streamers, and podcasters alike. Go to the link in the description where you can find the best energy drinks out there. Less caffeine than a cup of coffee. Also, no jitters and no crash afterwards. Use the promo code Mike Bono and get yourself 10% off. Also, the Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by my favorite sponsor of the show, and that is Shankit Golf. Golf apparel made for the everyday golfer. We might not go out and shoot a six under par. We're probably going to shoot a six over par. But this is going to give us the gear that's going to help us rock it on and off of the course. Go to the link in the bio. Use the promo code Mike Bono and get yourself 10% off there as well.